Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot going on in the world. Let's start with Russia, Ukraine. Uh, what did we hear this weekend from our officials, David? Well, the good news is you know you're in good hands, right? Just look at Afghanistan, most successful airlift in history. It was a debacle. Right. So, so we're punishing Russian people with all of these sanctions, you know, we're, we're basically making it impossible to operate in the 21st century if you are an average Russian living in Russia. We're seizing yachts. We're doing all of this stuff, <laughs> except for, you know, that oil thing. Except for right. not importing any more oil from Russia, because that would just be would just be bad. And if you're confused by this, well, let's turn to Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who gave an update on how the invasion of Ukraine is going. This was on Face the Nation. All right. Look, I've been in, in, in Europe for the last couple of days working closely, as always, with our allies and partners at NATO, uh, the European Union, uh, the G7 countries, and all of us together are continuing to take steps to increase the pressure uh, on Russia through uh, additional sanctions, all of which are very actively under discussion and will be implemented in the uh, in the coming days, as well as uh, taking further steps to give uh, the Ukrainians um, what they need to defend themselves against the Russian aggression. Okay, was this from like two or three weeks ago? That's what I was wondering. No, that was yesterday. That was yesterday, yes. Yeah. I can't believe that some of these people still have a job after Afghanistan, and it's almost like a repeat in some ways. I was going back thinking about Afghanistan, and I found a clip. Don't need to play the whole thing. But it was Blinken talking about how this was a great thing that he, along with our allies, had given the Taliban another strongly worded letter. Right. Another More than half the world's countries have joined us in insisting that the Taliban let people travel outside Afghanistan freely. But it didn't matter. We told, we wrote a letter and told them this is what we wanted. And at that time, it didn't matter. It's like we denounce what Putin is doing by the strongest possible terms. It doesn't matter, dude. You're still buying the oil from Russia. Why is that? That's what can't be answered right now. No. Because what's the answer? Well, it's only 10%. Okay, that seems like it's so little, then no problem. You should be able to get it somewhere else. Well, it's not that simple. And what about drilling here? What about going back to the way it was before Biden took over, when we were energy independent? Well, <laughs> you can't have these stopgap measures. No. Uh, the, the UN just told us, I mean, climate change, <laughs> this is a threat now. Now, today, in the next year, the next two years, what's India doing? What's China doing about that climate change that's going to kill us in five years? Same thing they were doing Please. last year at this time. It's That part is just incredibly frustrating. Of course, one of the stories you're seeing all over the place is the gas prices. 
I mean, you're looking yeah. California, $7.54. Yeah. Did you go to the gas station this weekend? It's not pleasant. Oh, no. It's awful. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're going to be seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and who was it that was saying, hey, and this won't be solved by producing more oil in the United States? Well, it's Representative Pramila Jayapal, a far-left oh, de- Democrat, who apparently does have quite a bit of sway within the Biden White House because they're taking orders from her, it seems. Really? I mean, that, that's what it seems like because their talking points are completely in line with one another uh, in that increasing fossil fuel production here at home somehow would not lower gas prices. How is that? Okay, we'll just play the clip. If we ever want to be truly um, free of the ability of dictators to blackmail us over oil and gas, we should be investing right here at home in renewable energy technologies. We should be weaning ourselves of fossil fuels so that this... Hold on a second. Isn't that what we're doing? Aren't we investing in that right now? That's what we were told, yes. Part of the Biden plan? But you can't do it overnight. We know that. So what is she talking about? So that this situation that we're in does not happen again in terms of, you know, feeling like we can't stop Russian oil and gas imports because it's going to drive up prices here at home. By the way, no matter what we do, prices of gas are going to go up. So any Republicans who try to say that it's drill, baby, drill, and that solves the problem, it's wrong. That is not the case. We are going to see gas prices rise, but it is in service to trying to quell a dictator. Okay, what about the Democrats that say that's also what we should be doing? And how does that last part make sense? Prices rise, but it is in service to trying to quell a dictator. How? It doesn't, it actually doesn't make sense unless you're willing to cut off the oil supply from Russia. That's it. Which it doesn't sound like she's saying that. No. So how does that make sense? It doesn't make sense, man. Communists don't know how supply and demand work, okay? That, that's, that's the prism you need to be viewing all of this through. They have a goal, and they want to get to it, regardless of how much pain and suffering it causes. It's like a nonstop assault on reality with the left. Well, and the, the meme this weekend, or the take this weekend, was you, me, David, none of us are allowed to complain about gas prices because at least we're not in Ukraine. You people got your priorities all screwed up. It's like you're not allowed to have empathy for Ukraine and bitch about gas well, prices. You can't do both. Well, look, I listen, if, if gas prices were only going up because our government took a stand and said, no, we're not going to be financing Russia's war. Right. Meantime, here's what we're going to be doing to alleviate the pain at the pump. I think a lot of people would be ticked, but you'd at least understand that. At least that would be somewhat coherent. But at yes. this point, we're still buying oil from Russia. Right. No, and, and but playing this game that I can't feel empathy toward the Ukraine and still be angry about gas prices is a false argument. Well, that's nonsensical. I mean, course. you could turn that argument well, you around. you can always be in the Ukraine rather than complaining about gas prices. Well, sure, you can say that any day of the week. Everywhere. I mean, often you'll say it to your kids when they're griping and moaning right. with a lot of entitlement to say, do you understand how lucky you are? Yeah. Yeah, I get all of that, okay? But at the same time, who allowed this to happen? The current administration. Yeah. The sanctions <laughs> that were supposed to be, as Kamala said, some of the greatest sanctions in the history of the world, 
You waited until they invaded and started killing people. You could have started with that as soon as the troops started lining up at the border. But, oh, no, I don't want to do that. We don't want tensions to rise because the whole administration is a bunch of wussies. Yeah. I just put it in common terms. <laughs> it's always risk. Yeah. you got to have risk assessment. But it's this whole administration. They don't want to take the lead. That's why it's always, well, along with our partners and our friends and, and our allies, and, and we're making these decisions together, you can't stand on your own. You don't want to be on the, quote, wrong side of history. Well, sometimes you have to risk that to make the right move. We allowed this to happen. Biden oh, yeah. did. So, yeah, I can bitch about it all I want. That's and right. I can feel bad for the people in Ukraine exactly. while I gripe about gas prices. Because you did this. Well, I, yeah, and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to take that from, or I'm not going to take this lecture on privilege from the people who voted for this because of mean tweets. Right. Thank you. Absolutely right. Meanwhile, update with the pandemic. It seems to have gone away for the most part. Boy, no kidding. Although some kids are still being masked in schools. It doesn't make sense to me. But we've heard from the CDC director, David. Yeah. And I had to do a double take on this. Well, the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, says her agency was not cautious enough when it came to COVID. So she was doing this little Q&A session, and she was asked where the CDC could have improved uh, when it comes to their prior performance. And she started talking about the vaccines as a jumping-off point for this. Okay. I can tell you where I was when the CNN feed came, that it was 95% effective, um, the vaccine. So many of us wanted to be helpful. So many of us wanted to say, okay, this is our ticket out. Right now we're done. Um, so I think we had perhaps too little caution and too much optimism um, for some good things that came our way. I, I really do. I, I think all of us wanted this to be done. Nobody said waning when, when you know, oh, this vaccine's going to work. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe it'll work, it'll wear off. Um, nobody said, well, what if the next variant doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as potent against the next variant. Did they just say the truth in front of everybody? Is that what just happened? Well, they do it. I don't think they know they do it. So they should have told people, well, this is fine for the current variant, but there's going to be more variants coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you've seen the reaction to this. Now you tell us. Really? And how does she still have a job? <laughs> well, 60 Minutes last night, if you watched that, I mean, they had these guys on there saying, do you see any new variants in our future? Nope, not now. Now that there won't be any. Wow. And, yeah, Fauci is all of a sudden, he's yeah, right, been on gone. the bench. Because they can't fire him, because then they would have admitted they were wrong the right. whole time. Unreal. Oh, by the way, a quick update on something. If, you know, there are a lot of people that follow Scott Robbins on your Facebook page. That's right. Uh, but you were silenced. I got put in the cooler, man. I got put in the timeout for 24 hours. What happened? Well, it... Some beta boy uh, <laughs> decided to meme me half to death. He, the, you know, the thing about Donald Trump, even though he has been president for 14 months. Here we go. The existence inside the brains of those weak-minded beta boys is ridiculous. So this guy decides he's going to start up a fight. And I think I almost think, is this for real? Is this guy for real? You know, and at first I challenge his realness. 
And then he says something else. He popped off, and he started the name-calling stuff. And, of course, a bunch of our listeners jumped in, as you guys usually do. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so the beatings continued. And I said something oh, about he... this guy that perhaps he's been biting his Fauci pillow. <laughs> and uh, and that <laughs> this was the guy that you pushed into lockers when you were in high school. And uh, Facebook flagged me. <laughs> because of what? That's... Silence! <laughs> <laughs> We're saying you were probably someone that yeah, got, you got pushed in into a locker and you need you deserved it or something to that effect, right? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Soy Boy got me locked up for 24 hours. <laughs> oh. Scott, he is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> After the heart attacks, we're like, just stay away from the Facebook fights. Just it's, stay away from you. Can't do it. It's just such a clown show. The, the fact that Trump is still living in their brains. Oh God. my gosh. Okay. Biological men in women's sports. It shouldn't happen, right? Shouldn't happen. Get to this straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, news update already. Yeah. Well, uh, Vice President Fortune Cookie is talking about... (laughs) (laughs) Yes! I haven't heard that one before. I haven't either. Because a lot of what she says is some sort of... Fortune Cookie wisdom, yes. Yes. Now, she's talking about getting renewable energy into trucks and other... Uh, parts of the supply chain process. Like, imagine a world, if you will, where the trucks that bring your groceries to your grocery store are fully electric. What, by Thursday? Because of the gas prices in Russia? Okay. But if you you seem a little, if you feel a little skeptical about this, just let let these words flow over you. We have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. And then to make the possible actually happen. <laughs> Are there lucky numbers on the back? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't say anything. No. <laughs> okay, which one of you guys was it? I forget. I want to give proper credit. Said a good part of what she says is at that old store that's been out of business for years that just had the plaques. The successories? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. 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 It is. It's all successory plaques. Imagine a day. Yes. When you can imagine. Yes. And It is time for us to do uh-huh. what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Right. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Okay, I guess we agree because you keep telling us that, but we never actually see the tools or the levers that actually get anything freaking done. Point for to start quoting Prince now. Dig, if you will, the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Of you and I engaged in McGurkin. In McGurkin. My flop sweat covers me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Uh, Okay, story from over the weekend. Utah, the governor there, has vowed to veto a bill 
that would be one that protects women's sports. Like yeah. biological males can't compete against girls, right? Yeah. I mentioned the re- governor is Republican. Yeah, it's uh, Spencer Cox, uh, Republican governor from Utah. Uh, House Bill 11 would require that student athletes participate in sports based on the biological sex lift, uh, listed on their birth certificates. Also known as saying, if you're a dude, you cannot compete against girls and vice versa. Right. Uh, That's fair. Spencer mm-hmm. Cox has said, no, we're going to, uh, I'm going to veto this. He said, quote, I just want to let them know it's going to be okay. We're going to work through this. Let who know it's going to be okay? The girls? Uh, no, the, like, five boys in Utah Oh, who think they're got girls. Got it. Got it. Okay. So not that the girls that get beat, like, with the University of Pennsylvania swimmer, Will Thomas, now Leah Thomas. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they're going to do there so all of those girls that work so hard to get to the top of their game that just finish second. We're going to let them know it's going to be okay. Okay. Okay, that's really... That'll solve it. That's really disappointing. Uh I mean, isn't that like the first Republican governor this year to veto something like that? Uh, yeah, I believe so. There have been a couple of Republicans who have said, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to ban uh, biological boys from competing against girls. Um, Asa Hutchinson last year out of Arkansas vetoed a bill banning transgender surgeries and procedures for minors. And of and course, very Christy famously, yeah, South Dakota yes. Governor Christy Noem. They, yeah, I think it's the first one this year that said, ah, no, we're not going to do that. You know, I've heard this point brought up before. It might have been Matt Walsh. I want to give credit, but it's really true. And <laughs> it's that we do have a, such a small number of people that you're somehow trying to protect, but not the vast majority of girls. I mean, that's what you're talking about. And it's biology. It's science. And you just don't have enough people willing to say it. And if you want to say, listen, Gender dysphoria, whatever it might be, everyone has compassion for that. No one wants to see that. But you have to have a level playing field. This is insanity. Mm -hmm. We just can't have this happen. And you just got people going along. And all the sports people that want to be important, they can speak out on this, and they're silent. No, they won't. Okay. we got to get to what Trump said that freaked people out over the weekend (laughs) next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so Trump freaks some people out over the weekend. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure why, because he's not president. But here it is. Former President Trump reportedly joked on Saturday that the U.S. should put the Chinese flag on F-22 fighter jets <laughs> and, and then bomb the bleep out of Russia. And I'm like, bomb the bleep out of Russia? That doesn't sound like Donald Trump, does it? I would bomb the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, he was at some right. uh, RNC retreat 
in uh, New Orleans. And then we say, he said, China did it. Then they start fighting with each other, and we sit back and watch. <laughs> Gosh dang. He's joking. Of course he's funny. joking. Every time I hear it, I do think of that clip that freaked people out that's still funny to I this day. I would bomb the shit out of him. <laughs> I'd blow up the pipes. I'd blow up the ref- I'd blow up every single inch. There would be nothing left. I would just bomb those suckers. I'm going to bomb the shit out of them. It's true. And I'd take the oil. I'd take it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I've heard worse ideas out of the current administration. Just saying. I'm not saying oh, that's yeah. the way to go, but I've heard worse ideas. Like a strongly worded letter? Yes. Yeah, right. We're going. We're denouncing and we're telling Putin we demand he stop. <laughs> well, in this, yeah, that's going to do a lot. In this new letter... There'll be illustrations. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so pictures. It really, yeah. It's a picture of a stop sign. Right. <laughs> Next time we get a pop-up book. <laughs> uh, um, speaking of Trump, Bill Barr got that book coming out tomorrow. One damn thing after another. That's the name of the book. And he has been doing this interview, well, with a couple of people from NBC, Lester Holt and uh, Savannah Guthrie. Yeah, that's the former Attorney General, Bill Barr. He's on the book tour. It's just getting started. And he's trashing Trump, mainly because of his erratic behavior after the 2020 election, talking about how, you know, he would go into the office and say and just get berated by Donald Trump, who's saying, hey, find these votes or find the fake votes and the fraud and all that stuff. And he's like, I don't know what you want me to do about this, man. I, I there's nothing to find with what you're talking about. Yeah, I think he was saying what, especially to the level where yeah. it would overturn the thing. Yeah. So he was on the Today Show this morning, Bill Barr was, and the host, Savannah Guthrie, asked him a very interesting question, though, about what he would do in 2024. This was interesting. Finally, got you say in your book it's time for the party to move on from Trump. Liz Cheney has said he is not fit to serve and should not be ever near the Oval Office again. Do you agree with that? Well, I certainly have made it clear I don't think he should be our nominee, and I'm going to, you know, support somebody else for the nominee. But if he is the nominee, and you have your choice is Donald Trump or whoever's running on the Democratic side, would you vote for him? Uh, because I believe that the, the greatest threat to the country is the progressive agenda being pushed by the Democratic Party, it's inconceivable to me that I wouldn't vote for the Republican nominee. So. Even if he lied about the election and threatened democracy, as you write in your book, well, it's, well, it's better hard, than a Democrat. It's hard to project what the facts are going to turn out to be three years hence. But as of now, it's hard for me to conceive that I wouldn't vote for the Republican nominee. All right. Boy, it's not the answer she wanted. Mm-mm. She went back a couple of times trying to get that right answer. Oh, I, no, you if you watch the whole interview. There are several times she's thinking, okay, he's fully turned on Trump, Republicans, almost like Comey, when Comey had his book out a few years ago, and that's not Bill Barr. And the thing is, I think it's hard for someone like Savannah or, you know, a lot of other people, honestly, to understand that thinking. Well, you you think this about Trump and and this bad thing or this terrible thing, but you'd still vote for him over a Democrat? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Why? They don't understand. Look at what's happening to the country. It has to do with policy. And just based on policy, for most conservative people, Trump did a great job. I think most would have had a lot less tweeting and a lot less controversy 
and more policy. That's what it comes down to. Right. I don't think it's that hard to understand. Something we'll get to a little bit later. They like Lester Holt was almost flummoxed that Bill Barr thinks that Black Lives Matter is a fraud. Right. What? Yeah. What? It's surprising you don't understand it yet, Lester. Right. Isn't he? This in, is your job. He's in the news business. I mean, even people who are associated with Black Lives Matter have said Black Lives Matter is a fraud. Yes. Ask Trayvon Martin's mom what she thinks about the organization Black Lives Matter. She's been pretty vocal about it. I know national media doesn't like to talk about it. But you're absolutely right. Ask Michael Brown's family in Ferguson. That's true. You could go on and on. Okay, I wanted to get to this. Did you hear the ex-New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, is back in the news? (laughs) Do you know why? Yes. Did he kill more old people? Uh, No. But he went to a church, and he went to a church. You'd think, uh, what's this for? Is this some sort of forgiveness sort of thing? Uh, No, it's to tell people that are going to church, um, cancel culture is the reason I'm no longer the governor. (laughs) Here's the clip. Him at the pulpit. The truth truth is the so-called cancer culture mentality is growing and is dangerous, and Democrats must be aware. The actions against me, the actions against me were prosecutorial misconduct. That is clear. They didn't act in the interest of justice. The district attorneys proved that. They acted in their own self-interest. They wanted me out because they wanted my job. (laughs) And it's not like it's the toned-down Andrew Cuomo. They wanted my job. This was at Brooklyn's God's Battalion of Prayer Church. So, yeah. Some people are thinking, yeah, it's a springboard for the political comeback. Sure. Yeah, honestly, man, I I loathe that man, but the whole sexual harassment thing, Mm -hmm. that was a witch hunt. Yes, and you knew it was going to happen before it happened. Yeah. But you were the one that was feeding the beast the whole time until it turned on you. And the lesson here is it's going to turn on you eventually. You're talking about Cuomo? Yeah. How so? What do you mean? Well, I mean, he certainly rode the woke wagon all he could. If it favored him or benefited him somehow. Yes. I mean, absolutely. Please. Yeah. Oh, with the whole Me Too thing? Yeah. Yeah. And then it came to him. And it then it came, came his turn, and all of a sudden it's bad now. Well, and part of that was, I think, David, you're referring to the one woman where if you look at all of the transcripts, you would say, at the very least, they were playing footsie with the whole relationship. Yeah. Right? And then there were others that said, well, he touched me this way, and this was inappropriate. And then he tried to do the apology, Mm -hmm. which was pretty weak. I feel awful about it. (laughs) And frankly, I am embarrassed by it. And that's not easy to say. He was trying to muster up the tear. He never dreamed it would come back and bite him. He never thought about it. Yeah, never, Never once thought it would happen to him. For clarification, I think the guy's a total creep. Oh, yeah. But there absolutely were political oh, yeah. actors here who were ginning up, like, criminal charges yes. that wound up getting dropped after he resigned. So right. He wasn't, he wasn't useful to them anymore. Right. Well, and, and they didn't want the real scandal to come out, which yes. the real scandal is, dude, he sent thousands and thousands of elderly yes. people to their deaths in nursing homes during COVID. 
and then covered it up, lied about it, and then wrote a book about how great he was using state resources, which is also illegal. They could not have him, Democrats could not have him be the face of COVID policy failure. They couldn't do it. They'd invested way too much into that narrative that only Democrats are effective against COVID when the numbers tell you the complete opposite, right? But they couldn't have that happen, so let's get him out of office using some trumped-up, stupid sexual harassment stuff. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. What was the, the main player that had it out for him? Letitia James. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. The attorney General. She was going to run, and then all of a sudden she dropped out. Yeah. Somebody's got something on her, too. It seems to be so. It's it's a ruthless business. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, I mean, we could go through all of the old tapes of how the media put this guy on a pedestal. It, <laughs> it was really something to see. Do you remember Jimmy Fallon saying if he could only be president no, to help yeah. us find our way through COVID? Wait, kill all the old people? Great idea, Jimmy. Meanwhile... Well, Most what's people. The, what's the life expectancy, Jamie? Of what? So they lost a few years. Ah, you know. What do you mean? Those old people. Oh, you talk, yeah, dude. Yeah, right. What a terrible way to go. No, and I you, know. And people couldn't go see their relatives. I know. It's it, it, the whole thing's a mess. Yes. When you think back to it a couple years ago, and think about the people that couldn't have a funeral for their loved one. Oh, oh gosh. Or people that had to die on their own. Yeah. I, I, Yes, it's so maddening. It's one of those things we really should not forget. And you know what? Let's go ahead and just 26 seconds of the media just loving Andrew Cuomo. How would you contrast Cuomo and President Trump's handling of the crisis? Truth versus mendacity. He is conveying incredible strength. Everything Trump isn't. Honest, direct, brave. He's providing hope. One of the heroes on on the front line. Maybe Trump (laughs) is just a little bit mad that Governor Cuomo has become a kind of acting president. Dealing with hardship actually makes you stronger. That's what Governor Cuomo said earlier today. That's what I'm going to go teach my kids right now at home. That's great. You got all sorts of people you're close with, Mr. Stelter, to teach your kids. At Cuomo, got uh, what's his name that didn't quite get fired for the mishap with the Zoom call. Oh, Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, the old tubester. Mm-hmm. Well, and you've got Lemon Jello. Oh, yeah. I feel awful about it. Of course you do. I uh, saw this really uh, interesting stat. New survey found most Americans feel like they've never. Again, never had a boss that truly appreciated the work they do. Okay. Maybe that's a you problem. 63%. Could be. I don't know. You're almost in line, aren't you, Scott? No. I mean, I don't know about never. No, it's you couldn't say never. I know no. of some that no. totally appreciated you. Yeah, no, I, I, I would never say that, no. But the ones that may not have appreciated you, man, you don't forget that. Holy smokes. No, I, you know, I'm, and that's a real bad thing. That's a habit. That's a terrible habit. Why is that? Why is it terrible? To picture them with club hooves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, it, it's so funny. You bring up the name of one of the bosses and uh, that did you wrong, Scott, and sometimes you just go completely wild. Yeah. It is crazy. It's a nutty thing with me. You know, I just, I don't know. I don't think that much about it. I think of one boss that we both had that, I'll tell you, man, he loved you and he hated me. 
he had him to your, his like multi-million dollar estate and got you tickets to games and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got you the freaking job. That is true. He never really got your due there. Uh-uh. Jeez. What, did you say something bad about me when you were there? I don't think I've ever said anything bad about you. Oh, please. Anyway. I don't. I mean, not to other people. <laughs> to you directly, yes. Anyway, um, 46% of people said they even left the job because they felt undervalued. Well, man, if it's miserable and you've got the means, I mean, this yeah, is the time. Out. Think about how many people oh, have yeah. left their job in the last six months to a year because of what is being paid somewhere else. Okay. Maybe not put too much stock in Elon Musk, but doesn't he have a great idea what we can do right now about the current crisis? We'll get to that and much more right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Elon Musk, smart guy. Incredibly successful guy. Founder of Tesla, SpaceX. When he says something, people pay attention because, well, he's earned it. You know what he said over the weekend that freaks some people out? Um, The first thing he said is, hopefully it's now extremely obvious that Europe should restart dormant nuclear power stations and increase power output of existing ones. This is critical to national and international security. And nuclear is vastly better for global warming than burning hydrocarbons for energy. And then went on to say, because what would you think the reaction would be? Radiation. Oh, my gosh. Sure. You crazy? For those who mistakenly think that this is a radiation risk, pink, pick what you think is the worst location. I will travel there and eat locally grown food on TV. I did this in Japan many years ago, shortly after Fukushima. Radiation risk is much, much lower than most people believe. He also said, get this, hate to say it, but we need to increase oil and gas gas output immediately. Extraordinary times demand extraordinary measures. Obviously, this would negatively affect Tesla, but sustainable energy solutions simply cannot react instantaneously to make up for Russian oil and gas exports. Okay. Wow. That says something, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the guy who stands to benefit the most. And by the way, it was also reported in the polling, 80% of Americans, you're looking at solid majorities of Republicans and Democrats, support stop or to stop buying Russian oil. Yeah. They should. There we go. But we're not going to do that yet, or we're thinking about it. Well, they, yeah, they, apparently it's somewhat on the table, maybe hanging half on, half off the table, or maybe it's like a it's a tool in the toolbox that's not quite all the way in, so the toolbox doesn't shut all the way. I'm not sure <laughs> what metaphors the White House is using right now. But, but they're actively talking with both Iran and Venezuela Instead of producing our own. <laughs> like, why? Why would you go fund two other fascist regimes in order to spite Russia when you could do it yourself today? Because a fascist regime has them by the short hairs, and that's the far left. Well, it yeah. is. 
That's what it comes down to. Far left controls that part. By the way, separate note, did you see a poutine restaurant is being threatened because people are confusing poutine with Putin? <laughs> okay. It's the Canadian dish. You're well aware of it, right? Yeah, David? it's like it's like gravy on French fries, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Cheese curds, French fries, gravy. Like so poutine with fries? It, I think it already comes with. Mm, but a chain of French-Canadian restaurants is distancing itself from Putin because they've got all these calls, insults, saying, Why are you serving Putin? <laughs> Freaking nuts. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Gas prices, David, what's the story? We know they're high. Uh, nearing a record right now. Man, you're talking about, what, about 411 according to uh, AAA? That's just well, on average. I mean, some places it's way higher than that. Oh, it is. Yeah, I pay well, more than that. Yeah. They're only going to get higher. I mean, it's not like, well, we've reached the peak. It's going to keep going up. And this is about where Mount St. Robbins goes off. Well, you, dude, you I mean, were like what, well, over the weekend. No, over the weekend, getting... I mean, it's it's there. There was this meme going around from the left, and they were just copying it and pasting it most of the time. But it was it was like for for all you people whining, complaining, and bitching about high gas prices, think about the suffering in the Ukraine. Like you can't do both. Like you can't have empathy for those people who are going through this horrible time in their lives. Sure, granted. And be angry about the gas price. We're supposed to go, well, you know, we're paying six bucks a gallon, but hey, we're not in the Ukraine. Well, that that argument would make a lot more sense if we were cutting off the oil supply from Russia. Which Correct. we're not. And and it still doesn't make sense to me that anybody on the left could have that take because you put a dementia patient in the White House because you were triggered by mean tweets. Oh, yeah. they Spare they, me the moral outrage. Yeah, I know. See, that's exactly how I feel, David. Well, it's like, please. At least from the polling, there are a lot of Democrats unhappy with how Biden has handled this whole thing and partially blame him that this wouldn't have happened had he went ahead with the sanctions earlier that they had talked about. But it was late to everything. And, well, if you go in and start killing people, then we're really going to level the sanctions. And took going in off the table. You could have known, all right, we're not putting American forces there. In Ukraine, but not take it off the table. We're right. taking everything. I mean, and then it's just, you know, that's a green light to Putin. It's I can't do that, though, because now you're 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 should be you should be thankful you're paying six dollars a gallon and or four eighty a gallon or whatever the hell it is now. We're just not complain. Just don't complain. It's like, the, you know, dumping a bunch of beets on your plate and saying you don't like beets. Tough. Eat them. Kids are starving everywhere. OK, no. I haven't brought this out yet. 
I, I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of it or even do the take. Just haven't brought it into the show. Can you imagine if we play the harp just in the dream state, Donald Trump is president, <laughs> and everything that's happened over the last 13 days with Russia and Ukraine happens under a Trump presidency. Oh, gosh. He's Putin's puppet. He won't do anything. We should be in there with troops, and he won't do it. He's letting people get slaughtered. Ah! Oh, yeah. How many times would we hear the uh, the hypothesis that a P-tape exists? Sure. Of course. But they would be saying, well, Trump is letting Putin just take Ukraine, sure. and probably Putin and Trump together are planning on taking over the world. And it's going to be this total dictatorship with Trump and Putin. When you took a drink, every time somebody mentioned Hitler in the same breath, you'd be hammered. Yes. It's Hitler, Hitler, Hitler. Right. Yeah. But now it's just, hey, you privileged people, don't Not complain off. about gas prices. White privilege you. Okay. Meanwhile, Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd, meet the depressed over the weekend. Yeah. He's talking with Eddie Gloud from Princeton. Okay. I just want to play you the clip and get reaction because, you know, voting rights in America, how that's not being compared to what's happening in Ukraine has Chuck Todd confused. I said I mean, he is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I want to talk. I, I joked about bringing up the State of the Union. It's like nobody else is talking about it. Right. But if there was one uh, thing that surprised me about the president's State of the Union was the lack of of connecting the fight for democracy and freedom abroad with the fight for democracy at home. Today's Bloody Sunday. Right. Okay. On some vice presidents there, uh, uh, going to march across the bridge the second time without John Lewis. Feels odd not to have John Lewis there leading leading this. But were you surprised? I was stunned. I mean, it was an easy kind of rhetorical move. Let's defend democracy abroad and secure democracy at home. And if you're confused, they're talking about voting rights in these evil states where Republicans are doing everything possible to keep black and brown people from voting. And politically helpful. I mean, I hate to be that crass about it, but right? Like, you're, it's an easy political. And what message. would it mean to secure democracy at home? We would have to address the question of what's happening across the country in terms sure. of the assault on voting rights. And we would also have to address the illiberal forces within our country that are driving the, cha- the challenge to voting rights. So I didn't, I didn't understand it, um, and I thought it was a mistake. Well, and I think it's a way you got to, if we're going to get drawn in more, you got to explain to the American people why this fight matters. Okay, but... But you still didn't explain that. Okay. They never do. Yeah, what's happening in Ukraine is awful, but it is not comparable at all to or analogous whatsoever to what's going on in these evil red states like Texas, which just had over 3 million people show up for a primary vote. Yeah, but a lot of people of color had to go through like an obstacle course. No, they didn't. To get to vote. No, they And didn't. they had to do it without water. Uh, or shoes. No, or that, food for no, seven days. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. But I, I want to attempt to answer a couple of questions here. Uh, one being... Right? Like, you're, it's an easy political And what would it mean to secure democracy at home? We would have to address... Okay. So it was an easy political play. Why didn't they do it? Is what Chuck Todd is asking. Maybe even those people at the White House understand we've taken race baiting about as far as we can take it. All right. People are starting to see through this line of BS. Okay. Like if we're going to try to say 
that the voting rights in America is comparable to the assault on Ukraine, people in America are probably going to say, you're off your nut, man. Except here's the thing is that multiple Democrats have made that comparison. Oh, yeah. Right. So they are going they're testing right now that narrative to see if it'll make it all the way up to the show. But that's the thing. That's why the show doesn't do it yet. The White House with the speech the other night. Um, The other thing. Oh, this. Well, and I think it's a way you got to if we're going to get drawn in more, you got to explain to the American people why this fight matters. Okay, are you saying, Chuck, Todd, that the more support we give Ukraine, it's because this fight matters. It's just like the way we have to fight voting rights. Or are you talking about the slippery slope of invasion and it doesn't just stop with Ukraine? Because I don't think that's what he was getting at. Why this fight matters. What was he talking about? Do you have any idea? No, I saw it in real time, too. No, he's like, listen, we're doing all we can to try to sell people this lie that Republicans are trying to stop black people from voting or whatever. Jeez. Okay. More from the CDC director from over the weekend, David. What's the story here? Uh, Well, the CDC director says it's our fault that we're confused about what the science is surrounding COVID. Remember that it's it's never any self-reflection right. on no. any of these jack wagons part, right? It's always how us little people just didn't understand. We're just not at their level, right? This is Rochelle Walensky. She's doing a Q&A about what the science means. I have frequently said, um, you know, we're going to lead with the science. Science is going to be the foundation of everything we do. That is entirely true. I think public heard that as science is foolproof, science is black and white, science is immediate and we get the answer and then we, you know, make the decision based on the answer and the truth is science is great and science is not always immediate and it sometimes it takes months and years to actually find out the answer but you have to make, you know, decisions in a pandemic before you have that answer. And there are so many things to that and after a while I could say again, you people lied. Okay, first and foremost, you can't lie. Mm -hmm. You did that, you lost the trust of people. Okay. When the science was out there, okay, because whenever there was a study done overseas that fit your narrative, you were quick to point it out. If it was a study overseas that was in the face of what you were trying to promote or to back up a policy, you wouldn't report it. You cherry-picked everything. And then you falsified studies that were done within the United States, like the masking study in Arizona. Mm -hmm. That was a load. Mm -hmm. And even after it was proven that it was a total load, Walensky was still out promoting it as an excuse to mask up kids in school, which she knew was doing harm to children. Sorry, that's unforgivable. And it would be better if you were just asking for forgiveness instead of saying, well, it's the people's fault. Yeah. And the whole thing of science changes, science evolves, everybody knows that. Everybody accepts that. Sure. That what it, what we think is true today may not turn out to be so tomorrow. Everybody understands that, or most people do. Mm-hmm. But when you're crafting policy where there is no gray area, get vaccinated or you're fired, get vaccinated or, or wear a mask and you can't get or you can't get on this airplane, or you can't get on this school bus. 
Mm -hmm. when you're making those types of ironclad policy decisions based off of something that isn't really all that clear, that's the problem. The people who have had trouble accepting that science changes, by and large, have been the people telling us to follow the science. I know. And I... I mean, here's just, I'm just resurrecting this, the emotional roller coaster of CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. <laughs> this is from last year. It was within a month, sometimes within the same day, she couldn't decide whether or not she was ready to jump out the top floor of a building or was about to go dancing in the streets. <laughs> I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. The answer to that is to really close things down, to go back to where we were last spring. Schools can safely reopen, but right now I'm scared. It's possible to reopen schools safely without all of the teachers being vaccinated. Teachers should be uh, prioritized. Schools should be full-fledged, in-person. There's a lot of work that we need to do in order to get our children, our, our schools to a safer environment. We have all longed for this moment when we can get back to some sense of normalcy. The science of money coming in from the teachers union. Right. Yes. That science never lies. By the way, with all the masking stuff, you remember the story of the dad facing jail time for going maskless to his son's game? Yeah. Yeah, that court decision is done. Need to get to that and much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Van Camp and Robbins show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, when times are tough, I mean, I don't want to be too inspirational today, but just remember, we can all together yeah. make the possible happen. We have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. Where was that from, David? Vice President Fortune Cookie, <laughs> Kamala Harris. Yes. Talking about electric vehicles delivering goods and services. But that doesn't do us any good right now. No, it does not. So what good is it to say that today? It makes them feel good. And it okay. makes their donors happy. Okay. All right. Okay, I you know what? I'm just playing this. This happened to just come in. This was when Kamala, this was before Ukraine was invaded by Russia, of something that Kamala could say with certainty what would happen if it did happen. And let me be clear. Yeah. I can say with absolute certainty, if Russia further invades Ukraine, the United States, together with our allies and partners, will impose significant and unprecedented economic costs. You know, the history books, I hope we remember all this stuff. How to not be effective in letting a war start. The steps you don't want to take if you don't want a country to invade one of your allies. To wait for the sanctions till after they're in killing people might not be the best move. Mm -hmm. Just saying. 
Just the lack of authenticity always with her. That's the whole crew. Jeez. That's it's Lincoln, Ned. Yeah. The the whole crew. With the kids when she was like, Go see it with your own eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thing. It's like the it's like it yeah, is this inner theater. It's like overacting all the time. Yeah. God dang. Oh, I mentioned uh, when we were talking about COVID and masks and the science. Do you remember the story of this dad? Rochester, New York. He was arrested and charged with criminal trespassing. This was last spring because he didn't wear a mask at an outdoor baseball game. Mm, yeah. yeah. And he was social distancing. This was Chad Hummel. He's an attorney. He was facing up to 90 days in jail and professional licensing consequences, but was acquitted before a four-hour bench trial. So now he's going to sue the district. And if you remember how this story went, the dude was standing alone in a field hundreds of feet from anyone, no mask. And he was approached by a security guard employed by the chief of police. Okay. And the plainclothes guard said, you're going to have to leave the game. Okay. But there was an executive order at the time that did not require outdoor masking. Even a sign on the stadium entrance that stated masks were optional. When six feet apart. And he was. He wasn't around anybody. So dude stood his ground, said, well, no. Police then arrived, handcuffed him, and took him to jail. Golly. Jeez. Saw this story at the Daily Wire, and they had reported on it last spring. And he had said at the time, if I get a public apology and the necessary resignations, I won't go after a civil rights lawsuit after I'm found innocent. And the message said, the message to the district is simply this. I could have a pretty substantial civil rights lawsuit when my criminal case gets dismissed. But I'm not in this for the money. I don't want their money. If they want to issue a public apology to all the people they've been heavy-handed against, and if a couple people want to publicly resign, I'll give them a full release of my lawsuit that I could bring once my criminal case is dismissed. And then named the superintendent, Mary Grow. Like, if certain people resign like her, I will gladly drop my intention to sue. The choice is in your hands. You can keep the money. I don't want it. But if I don't get the public apology, you're going to make that decision for me. You'll give me no choice, and I'll have to bring a lawsuit against them. It's that simple. Good for him. More people should be doing this. Well, guess what now? That lawsuit is going forward. Good. You know it is. Good. You're arrested, my gosh. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. There's a lot to get to. Oh, did you see this story real quick? If you have rented a car from Hertz in the last several months, there may be a warrant for your arrest. What? Because they've had a bunch of stolen cars. And if you rented a car, they're like, well, it could have been you that stole the car. Oh, my gosh. Don't have... A time to get into this entire story, but if you have rented from Hertz, you might want to look into the story. I, oh, man. I bought my truck from Hertz. Okay, we will get to that I, story coming up. You mean you stole it? No, I bought it. I paid yeah, for it. Yeah, sure. You said it was a heck of a deal. It was a heck of a deal. <laughs> and also, how many volunteers, foreign volunteers, have signed up to fight in Ukraine? You'll be surprised by this, I think. We'll get to it all coming up right here.
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. So the fight for Ukraine is the same as the fight for Biden's agenda? What knucklehead said this? Well, I'm telling you, man, it starts with the media, and now some Democrats in Congress are saying this is only a matter of time before we hear a full-throated endorsement of this basic idea coming from the White House. Representative Pramila Jayapal, a far-left Democrat, (laughs) says that the Biden agenda isn't being put on hold because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but because both fights are basically the same. Here she is on MSNBC. I will just say that there is a connection between what we are trying to do domestically and what we are trying to do internationally. Mm -hmm. Let me give you three ways that that's the case. First of all, democracy. We are both in the European Union and, you know, with the war on Ukraine, the aggression of Russia on Ukraine. And here in the United States, we are trying to show that democracy works. We cannot allow suppression of votes domestically, nor can we allow dictators in uh, Europe or anywhere in the world to take over. So that is a real connection. Okay. Uh, You don't even get two and three Mm -hmm. because number one was so stupid. Yeah. And you really think that's what they're going to go with for a while, David, the left? I think so. I think, well, they got they. Look, they're looking at the polling and realizing that a lot of people are not happy with Joe Biden when it comes to uh, Ukraine, when it comes to what our reaction was in the lead up to it, when it comes to what our reaction is now that it has happened, it's been invaded by Russia. So now they got to try to focus on their other failing, which is domestic policy, which they feel like they can, I guess, tug at the emotional heartstrings of people. Mm hmm. I mean, it's just like, you know, Joe Biden going out there and saying that Georgia's election law is like Jim Crow 2.0. That is completely devoid of anything close to reality. But dang it, they're going to go out there and say it anyway. So I think that's what this is. There is the pivot going on to focus back domestically because they think that's a winning issue. When, again, all Republicans have to do is go line by line what are in laws like in Texas and Georgia, which have overwhelming support from both parties voters of both parties correct here's the thing to me like bigger picture you look at what's been happening over the last several months the democratic party honestly and i know a lot of democrats would not believe this but we know it to be true because we watch it the media is like a part of the democratic party they're an arm of the party big tech same way i mean you, you have the message being put out there by behemoths it still doesn't resonate with most of the American people, even a good portion of Democrats. By going that route of the fight in Ukraine is like the fight for democracy in the United States, that dog is not going to hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other part is we still are in this situation, to me, in the United States, where a lot of people feel like they know what's going on because they do follow the news. But as we pointed out many times, if you only get your news from legacy media, you really don't know what's going on. you got to go to several sources to understand the full picture of what's happening, right? Talking to a very nice lady within the last week, and she pays attention to news. But it has to, it's from the legacy outlets. Would never check out Fox News or any other conservative, really independent sort of news. Talking about a number of issues. Now, I, lady's very smart, okay, and, you know, very common sense, I would say. I bring up 
the issue with the transformer from the University of Pennsylvania, Leah Thomas. She had no idea what I was talking about. Had never heard the story. I was surprised, to say the least. I suppose if you watch ABC or what, MSNBC, do they carry that story, CNN? I know they ignore it. I mean, like ESPN, they did not want any no, part they, of that story. They ignored story it, too. For yeah. as long as they possibly could. It's little things like that. Yeah. When people find out, they're like, what's been going on here? Yeah, and when it becomes a story so big they have to pay attention to it, Leah Thomas being a really good, uh, this is a biological male mm-hmm. competing against women in Ivy League swimming and is setting records right now yes. because, well, he's a guy. Yes. And... Uh, you notice that when it becomes a big enough story that they can't ignore it, it's always through the lens of breaking barriers, shattering glass ceilings, but they never show the highlights. They never show what a mockery this dude is making out of women swimming. Because if most people saw the footage, regardless of what your thoughts are on the trans issue and sports and all, if you saw the footage, a reasonable person would be like, Okay, that dude needs to get out of the pool. Well, no, all they do is go with the emotional manipulation route of talking to Leah, saying, I'm just me. You know, I don't know why people are mean, and, and they'll always highlight, well, lots of threats coming their way. They also don't talk to the other girls that feel like this is not fair. Well, if they do, a lot of the other girls won't say anything anyway for fear of you it's know true. being woked upon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you see 20,000 foreign volunteers have signed up to fight in Ukraine? Wow. That's something. That's what the Ukrainian foreign minister said. Wow. Some people could say, well, that could be propaganda. Okay, say it's even somewhere near true. That's a lot of people. That experienced veterans and volunteers from 52 countries of the world have come to us. This is their desire. That's what the foreign minister said. What are they doing about that? Are they letting them? Yes. Good. Yeah, there's an application process, and I think the first group just got there and has been deployed. Yeah, and then all these other countries trying to get the Ukrainians weapons. But as we can see, I mean, time is running out. If it keeps going like it's going, I mean, Russia can play the long game. We know that. Ukraine's going to need a whole lot of help there. Oh, you have an Alec Baldwin update, David. Yeah, Alec Baldwin killed a woman um, (laughs) on the set of his movie, Rust. Listen, the fact that that happened is not funny. It's that David starts that story every time with, I never see it coming, and then, yeah, he killed a woman. He did. I know, I know. He does it authoritatively. Yes. Yes. Well, I I just want to cut through the BS sometimes and just lay it out. Alec Baldwin killed a woman named Helena Hutchins. Yes. Who was the cinematographer on this film. And this guy is incapable of keeping a low profile while an investigation is ongoing. So... Uh, he was at the Boulder International Film Festival on Saturday night, and he talked about him killing a woman. And he tried to say, hey, opioids have killed more people than I have. Okay. So he's what? he's doing this onstage Q&A or this speech or something, uh, and he says, well, first and foremost, all these people filing lawsuits against me, including the family of the woman I killed, they're 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 targeting deep pocket litigants because they are financially motivated. Wow. Couldn't possibly be that you were running a terrible set. You were a producer of that movie, Alec, and then yes. you shot and killed a woman. Uh, he asked the audience, though, 
to, quote, think of all the billions of rounds of ammunition that were fired on movie and TV sets in the last 75 years, and four people have died. Compare that record to the opioid industry, the airline industry, the automobile industry, and the gun industry itself. What? Does this guy understand, no. like, every sign of a liar he checks off? Yeah. Well, also, that sort of makes it even more obvious that he did something wrong that day. Yeah, that's how rare it happens. And yeah. you didn't follow protocols. That's why people were leaving the set right. before anyone died. Just deflect, deflect, deflect. Absolutely. Wow. I like What's this. next? Do you remember the Holocaust? <laughs> right. I no, mean, well, near as many people as he did no, the Holocaust. Again, he, he killed a woman, and I think he meant for that gun to go off that day. I don't know if he meant to kill her, but I think he meant for that gun to fire. Oh, yeah. You thought. I don't know if you said this on record. Hmm. Do you think he was trying to take out the other dude, the director? The director, Joel Souza, for yeah. one reason or, or another. that If he meant to hurt somebody, that would mm-hmm. make more sense than the cinematographer. But I do think you've got a situation where there have been firearm safety issues on set. You know, you got people walking off the set, yep. and he's wanting to recoup whatever money he had poured into that film. So have the star of the movie have an accidental discharge, boom, you there's insurance claims you can make. Right. I mean, you're off the hook now for this whole project crumbling out from underneath you. Wow. I always know I don't have to worry about looking up that story because you are going to have it, Mr. Van yeah. Camp. Well, I mean, my, my gut feeling is he did mean to kill somebody. But yeah. I don't know that. Update. Well, you mentioned, David, that you had bought your vehicle from Hertz. Yeah. I just mentioned if you had rented a car in the last few years, there might be a warrant for your arrest. To explain that entire story, and this was from, what, Yahoo News? That, well, it, people have found this out. There was a grandma lost her job offer, Paula Murray, Dustin Pollitt, driving a rental car while his was in the shop, found out the hard way that there was a warrant out for his arrest. Jeez. So you got all of these plaintiffs suing Hertz for false arrest. And in some cases, prosecution. You're like, oh, how does this happen? Well, they accuse Hertz of this pattern of missing inventory where Hertz, instead of conducting internal investigations to locate vehicles that were lost or correct records, instead file police reports immediately and pushes the issues to the courts. So you got, again, 230 plaintiffs that had been arrested, but in the lawsuit, the lead attorney said, that's not the majority. This is the tip of the iceberg. You're talking 20,000 people who were stuck in the criminal justice system because they had a dispute or an issue with their rental. Golly. Or that Hertz couldn't find their car. Wow. Kind of wild, man. Now, in these unsealed court documents, they just got unsealed recently. Hertz admitted it files an average of 3,365 police reports about stolen vehicles every year. So over the past seven years, since false theft report cases have been known to occur, theft charges have been levied against more than 24,000 people. Mm. Holy mackerel. I'd never heard that before. I hadn't either. So be watching that story. The the uh, lawyer also said they have a head office, Oklahoma City, who's basically not, not doing any investigation at the local level when a car is lost, misplaced, or can't be found. It's just reported as stolen, and they shift the cost of the inventory control to the police and to the prosecutors, which 
in the end is a taxpayer-funded repo service. Oh, my gosh. Boy, they yeah. shoot first and ask questions later. The old Alec Baldwin special. <laughs> Pass forward by name. Wow. Oh, one other thing. I don't know if you want to do this or not, David. I would love for you to be able to give an update, because we do this sometimes off air. But people have followed. You decided that you were going to really commit yourself to getting in better shape. And a yeah. buddy of yours um, does some personal training, and he's intense. He's I very I haven't met him yet. Yeah. I can't wait to work out with him sometime. But it, yeah, I love yeah. him already. But he, he, there's a way he keeps you motivated. Well, he, he does not he, dropped off. He does things like myth and fact. Like myth, the only way to lose weight is doing a bunch of cardio. Fact, strength, and conditioning is the key to upgrading your life. Yes, because you know, this is about stuff. upgrading your life. Yeah. Well, today, right? yeah. today was a cardio day, and I'm kind of exhausted as a result of that. Because you were gave, up super early doing this today. Was up, yeah, I, I got started at about 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and I had a busy weekend chasing around a toddler and a six-month-old, so, you know, already tired. I, I was. I asked him when I got there, I was like, hey, can we do the uh, the cardio aspect tomorrow, maybe? I, I'm still a little bit sore from the weekend, and he says, no! <laughs> Because myth, tomorrow would be easier because fact, the only easy day is yesterday. Yes! That's fantastic! I've never heard that before. That's fantastic. Why are you scared, Rob? Oh, well. You're not even there. No, I know, but you're saying, hey, next time I'm there, I want to go out. I'm like, I. Yes! Yeah. You love that. I'll be sleeping. That's motivation, man. Yeah. Of course you will. Hey! (laughs) Get up! So how are you feeling right now, David? A little, a little bit tired. A little but tired. I bet you're glad you did it, right? No, not yet. Yes, he is. Ask me tomorrow, because then I can say today was easy. <laughs> Trump writes a letter to Bill Barr. Something you've got to hear. And much more coming up right here. Right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Report now that Russia brings Syrians in to fight against Ukraine. Ah. More on that later. Wow. I mentioned that former President Donald Trump wrote a letter to former Attorney General Bill Barr, David. Yeah, well, the former Attorney General has a new book out, and former President Trump, not a fan of it, or the interviews that Bill Barr is doing. Trump sent a three-page, single-spaced letter to NBC News going after Bill Barr. And Bill Barr just happened to be on the Today Show this morning, and he reacted to the letter. Here's the setup from Savannah Guthrie. It's mostly personal insults. He called you slow and lethargic. He said you were so lazy and cowardly. He just never quite understood what was going on. He didn't want to stand up to the radical left Democrats because he thought the repercussions to him personally in the form of impeachment would be too severe. In other words, Bill Barr was a coward. All right, here's the guy you came out of private life to help, someone you stuck your neck out for. Do you have any reaction to that? It's it's par for the course. I mean, uh, the president is a man who, when he's told something he doesn't want to hear, he immediately throws a tantrum and attacks the person personally. So I, I thought the letter was was uh, 
childish. What do you think of the reaction, Scott? Well, I mean, Trump being Trump, right? Yeah, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. No, not a surprise at all. I don't even know that it was a surprise to Bill Barr. That's just the way it rolls. You got to know that going in. Yeah. I mean, Trumpster, sometimes he doesn't want to hear, you know, something he doesn't want to hear. And then he'll lash back. That's part of the game. But I thought Bill Barr, it wasn't so much to help Trump, but was to help the country. Yeah. Well, the the interesting part is that he, he later on in that interview said, yeah, if Trump's the 2024 nominee, I can't imagine voting for a Democrat because the biggest threat facing our country right now is the progressive radical left agenda. And Savannah yes. Guthrie could not believe it. Really? Flummoxed. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how dangerous the left is. And the road we're headed down. Of course. Yeah. There are plenty of conservatives, Republicans, that want DeSantis. It's like, well, what if it's not DeSantis? If Trump runs, he's probably going to win the primary. Would you vote for him? Oh, yeah, I would. He's going to have the vote because, again, what's the alternative? Right. I mean, that's, there's no other choice. And think about who the Democrats are going to be running. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. My goodness. Report is that Russia is targeting escape routes. Jeez. That Ukrainian individuals are trying to use to get, well, out of the country. Yeah. And President Zelensky from Ukraine says we will never forgive that. So, I mean, you knew this was going to get brutal, but it has ramped up a lot more in the last few days. And it's going to get worse. Yes. So keeping an eye on that story, obviously. Um, now, as far as the pandemic goes, for a lot of people, it's kind of over. Pretty much over. Not everywhere. There are some places where kids still have to wear masks. And I know some people are now looking back at everything that's happened and trying to assess the situation. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet that was being shared all over the place where... I'm paraphrasing the whole story. I think it was a brother apologizing to either a brother-in-law or or his brother about not letting the brother's family come to the Christmas celebration because yeah. his family was not vaxxed. And said, well, with all the information now, I just want you to know that I'm sorry. And people were reacting to that. Mm-hmm. And the way I understood it was the brother that received it you know, accepted the apology, wants to move on. But certainly his kids were hurt by it. Like, really, they don't want us to come to Christmas because we're not vaccinated? Mm-hmm. Sure, that story's playing out all over the country. Oh, most definitely it is. Yeah. Meanwhile, 
trying to look back in the rearview mirror. What could we have done differently? The CDC director, David. Yeah, uh, Rochelle Walensky says the CDC was not ca- was not cautious enough when it comes to COVID. Should have been should have slow walked it a little bit more. Says the CDC director. We we had too little caution. Yes. Okay, let's hear that. I can tell you where I was when the CNN feed came that it was 95% effective, um, the vaccine. So many of us wanted to be hopeful. So many of us wanted to say, okay, this is our ticket out, right? Now we're done. Um, So I think we had perhaps too little caution and too much optimism um, for some good things that came our way. I I really do. I, I think all of us wanted this to be done. Nobody said waning. When, when, you know, oh, this vaccine's going to work. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe it'll work, it'll wear off. Um, nobody said, well, what if the next variant doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as potent against the next variant. So they knew that at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Folks, Something right. else they just failed to tell us. Yes. They lied. About a number of things. But in the end, it was, well, we had too little caution. Yeah, we, we just, we really, we our heart was in the right place, trust us. And if she is coming from a place in her heart and is being truthful about her feelings, that's fine. But you can never guide public health policy ever again. No. Because you're talking about wishful thinking here. No, you can't be trusted. Which all comes from them not trusting the American people to just give them the information and let them, you know, make their own decisions and act accordingly. And the way to restore any public trust at all with the CDC, which, by the way, is going to be very hard moving forward, you get these people got to go. You need fresh faces. Absolutely. You know, you need you need different messengers. You need to, to wipe the slate clean and bring in a whole new staff. I mean, we have, I mean, the CDC has absolutely zero tolerance of of any ideas that were that were that didn't run exactly parallel with theirs and it turns out they were wrong well or they had their own ideas and then they were told by somebody else not those to are do the it. wrong ideas right whether it was the teachers union or someone else it's just so frustrating that everybody who said all these things is still there but and and i know this is like <laughs> at the heart of the issue is when you have so many people playing politics and trying to save their own hide or what's advantageous politically, then instead of what's best for the country, what's best for people, and you see it play out all the time. COVID is just another example of it. I mean, Ukraine right now, with us still buying Russian oil, why won't Biden just say, we're going to have to start producing our own? Okay, and I know everyone that's all about green energy, we were going to make that shift, now's not the time. We're going to have to produce our own oil for a while. All right. This is a matter of a, a emergency, whatever. I'm not going to do it. Afraid of ticking off the far left. It's about politics. And then you have the people that bought into all the CDC stuff. Yeah. Even with masks. Oh, yeah. As you knew time and time again from the studies, 15 to 20% efficacy at best, right? But you still have people when they're saying, okay, we're doing away with masking in school. Did you see the protests in New York saying we want the masks? Oh, yeah. We yes. want them. They had their own song. Did no, you I, hear that? I didn't hear the song. Oh, they were chanting the song. Oh, I. 
No joke. Miss that this one. This is from the protest. Mask for loved ones, mask for friends. It's not about you. Also not hard to do. Just because we're tired doesn't mean it's over. Mandate masks. Masks for masks. Masks for seniors. Masks for kids. It's not about you. Also not like the flu. Just because we're tired doesn't mean it's over. Mandate masks. That's our ask. Correct. Got it. Jeez. Boy, I, I bet all their ex-husbands see that and think, <laughs> man, I'm glad I got out now. <laughs> Whatever the alimony is, it's worth it. <laughs> right. <Are you> kidding me? <laughs> that that $1,800 a month. Best Fine by me. Yeah. You know, I always picture, like, you know, you, you believe in heaven and hell, and gee, wonder what hell is like. That's yeah. kind of what it's like. You're in a little room, and it's on fire, and it's hotter than hell, and that's what you hear through the loudspeaker over and over again. <laughs> Where's your mask? <laughs> yeah, right. Over and over again. You know, and by the way, you probably know this. In case you don't, it's still one of the craziest parts to me. As far as, hey, you don't have to mask in school, unless you're under five. Right. Those kids still got a mask. Oh, because, yeah. well, as far as the vaccine, the vaccine, there is none for them. Didn't you just read the study about the vaccine for kids 5 to 11? Yeah. Was what twelve percent? Yes. In New York, right? Twelve yeah. percent. It makes no sense, man. Okay. So, David, you had the story about former President Trump and a conversation with golfer John Daly. Yes. What? <laughs> that I guess John Daly put this out. Okay. He's on speakerphone. President Trump talking about Russia and how you know Putin didn't pull this crap when I was president, which is. You know, fact check true. Yes. And so he has a phone call with John Daly, President Trump, and then he just airs this? Yeah. Okay. But that's part of it, right? The, he's like, yeah, man, yeah, five, ten percent. He believed I might do it, but that's all you need, and that's totally true. That is the wild yeah. card factor with it a guy is. like Donald Trump. It is. There's no sternly worded letters. No, my gosh, blinking. That's what he's always doing. Blinking. That's his name. I just. But I'm we're just, united with our allies. I still can't get past the fact that Trump just dials up daily and they just have a conversation. He talks to so many different people it's, all the time. Cracks me up. I know. Never seen anything like it. That is a crack up, dude. <laughs> okay. What was the other thing I wanted to get to? Oh, real quick. This is just take it for what it's worth. There are these studies out all the time, right? Researchers, University of Arkansas and University of Minnesota, took stats from 4,000 different studies. Okay. What they were trying to measure and analyze was the effect of agreeableness. You know, say if you would describe a person as having a high level of agreeableness, just a pretty agreeable person, is that advantageous? What would you guess? I would say, yeah. You know, I would, but geez. What? Well, I mean, there's that fine line between yeah. agreeable and just doormat. Yes. But there but is they a found, difference. They found that being yeah. agreeable 
and easy to be around is helpful 93% of the oh, time. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Where you're not, you're, you don't pick fights and. You just let things go. Right. You know, you don't have to take issue with every single thing. Right. Pick your battles, as they say. Mm-hmm. They would say 7% of those situations, the agreeableness would not be helpful at all. It would be detrimental. But in 93% of situations, being an agreeable person makes life easier. You really want to fight this, Scott. Well, I can see it. I I know. Was that a little more obvious, David? No, yeah, you're you're not a fan of this, apparently, Scott. I just think to myself, I'm like, you know, the current, particularly political climate we're in, that you got to push back and immediately push back, or they'll steamroll you. I think this is just talking about in your personal life. Yeah. Uh, so I, I try to, well, I, I try to maintain a, a more agreeable personal life. Yeah. I suppose we should go ahead and give this reminder. If you missed it early in the show, it was announced that Scott Robbins was in a one-day timeout from Facebook. Well, down to 21 hours. I'm still in the penalty box because I push back. Well, and what did you say? What was the last thing? Don't you don't even need the setup no, for what I, happened ahead of time? Uh, but what was it that you said that got you the one day ban? I think I asked him how, when he bites into Fauci the Fauci pillow, what it tastes like, <laughs> and then I made some comment about he was the guy they stuffed in the lockers in high school. And, and did you say got his butt kicked? And got yes, and that was what it was. And got stuffed in the lockers in high school, and that was a violence ban. <laughs> ban! So if if you have, in fact, wondered, gee, that's weird. He, I did post early this morning before I got the band slapped on me. So, yeah, that would explain it if you follow Robbins on Facebook. Gosh, dang. Okay. By the way, we heard a lot about former Attorney General Bill Barr being interviewed by NBC. What about the part where he's asked about Black Lives Matter? That's oh, not yeah. good as much. Well, we'll get to that audio straight ahead. Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Mm-hmm. News update, David Van Camp. I, I can't believe this. Instead of actually lifting sanctions on domestic oil producers, the Biden administration is actively looking at easing sanctions on Venezuela so it can start producing more oil and selling it on the international market. We're just people careening, are going off on this. What? Careening from one dictator to another. It's like Venezuela, Iran, let's go. Russia bad. Believable. Yeah, Rubio went off on that on Twitter. But produce our own. You're going with a narco terrorist, his words, yeah, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, or the, oh, what did he put? With Iran, it was, oh, the biggest sponsor of terror in the world. But we don't want to produce our own. Yeah. And somehow, if we buy it from Venezuela, it's less harmful to the environment than if we produce it here. It's a magic trick, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. It's political. We all know that it's still frustrating. 
By the way, we mentioned that former AG Bill Barr has got a book coming out tomorrow, one damn thing after another. <laughs> the title's pretty it's funny. Great, great title. So it was interesting because he's doing this interview with Lester Holt on NBC, and then he did one with Savannah Guthrie. But on a lot of things, they weren't getting answers they wanted. No. And listen to Lester's voice as he asked Bill Barr about Black Lives Matter. Like, how could you? Listen. Can we talk about the big lie? Which one is that? Well, you write about uh, <laughs> the big lie being Black Lives Matter. Yeah. What did you mean by that? Black Lives Matter is based on the premise that the main threat to black welfare in the inner city are an out-of-control police force that gratuitously kill uh, African Americans. And I, that's simply not borne out by the facts. They do the whole piece, you know, as part of the interview. Do you believe there's such a thing as systemic racism? I actually think the whole idea is a cop-out. I think racism exists in people's individuals souls by dismissing systematic racism are you not dismissing the pain of african-american families that have to sit down with their children and have the talk because they're afraid of a simple uh oh i yes, i hate this thing like that we hear constantly that african-american kids have this monopoly on hearing the talk about how to act around a police officer i got that talk i'm a white guy I know. Whenever you well go, documented. anytime, if you are going to get a driver's license or like a concealed carry license, especially, every instructor mm -hmm. in America tells you exactly how you need to act during an interaction with law enforcement. That happens every single day to every person of every race. It is such a freaking lie that yes. only only black kids are told, hey, don't. Be careful around the cops. Everybody should, because the cops don't know what, what they're getting into either. No. I mean, I could go into stories. A couple of buddies of mine got beat up pretty good because they weren't doing what they were told. They were white guys. I mean, it it happens. Anyway. Because they're afraid a simple traffic stop could lead to their death? No, I don't. I, you know, I don't. I don't. What did you say? I don't ignore that. that dismiss, dismiss was a term yeah, I used. I, I don't dismiss that as a reality. I don't think the police are racist, and as a general matter, you don't see bias in police. No, and, and every and every study of the situation that I'm familiar with says there is no bias. The numbers are are um, the product of the number of interactions police have. So. Yeah, and black men are the subject of three times as many uh, traffic stops by police. Wait. Give me you... the answer I want. <laughs> well, he didn't get it. Right. And, 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 and uh, that sometimes is a function of where the police are. Police go where the crime is. Are they not supposed to go where the crime is? Because when they don't go where the crime is, there's an outcry. If they go where the crime is, there's an outcry. You ended up in a situation where there was no win. We all know it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. So if, you know, people on the left want to somehow dunk on, well, Bill Barr, he's out there telling the truth now. Oh, well, uh, not on some things. When he talks bad about Trump, believe him. But this other stuff. And what's the other thing? Now he wants to come clean and go after Trump. It's too late. Isn't that just a guy? I thought everybody was supposed to 
respect someone else's truth. <laughs> I guess that's not always the case, Only right? if it matches their truth. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mr. Robbins, you have your top three stories of the day? Yeah. You were saying earlier, these are good. I do have some good ones. I feel like I have solid. I mean, they're all good, but this one's... You're saying this trifecta coming up. I think it's really good, yeah. Okay. All right. And a news update, David Van Camp, straight ahead. Right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. It is kind of amazing. The vast majority of people in America, overwhelming, overwhelmingly Republicans and independents support drilling more oil, producing more oil here in the United States. Yes, just saw that stat today. In order to, and a majority of Democrats too, 55%. Yes. Say, yeah, we need to do that, and then cut Russia out of the equation. But instead, the Biden administration is going full on with the idea of getting other foreign sources of oil that are not Russia. Iran, Venezuela, and Saudi Arabia is up next. Yes. Well, you know the deal, man. If you don't drill here, but it's done there. Mm Mm-hmm. It's less harmful to the environment. Right. You know, South American wilderness is is like, that's expendable. <laughs> but this gigantic pot of oil in Alaska, we can't, we can't go to that. No. No, then we'd for sure be doomed by 2030. Right. I think that's what AOC said, something like that. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. Not at all. More on that later. You ready for your big three? I am. Scott Robbins? Yeah. Uh-oh. He piped it. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins gives us his top three stories of the day every day at this time. The trifecta helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. We did the countdowns of his youth. I'm ready. And starting with... Three. Yes. Uh, Justin Trudeau, the illegitimate son of Fidel Castro and current prime minister of Canada, who also debanked and arrested political dissidents like two weeks ago, is now worried about authoritarian leaders, Scott. Well, he gathered... (laughs) He gathered... Members of the Ukrainian community living in Canada, he did this Friday afternoon to speak to them. And he spoke deeply and passionately of the slippage in democracies. He said there is slippage of democracies going on across the globe. Nations have been embracing slightly more authoritarian leaders. Not me, of course. (laughs) The lack of self-awareness with these people is stunning. They don't care. I'm convinced they just don't He said, and I quote, we see a bit of slippage in our democracies turning towards slight more authoritarian leaders and allowing increasing misinformation as well as disinformation to be shared on social media, (laughs) turning people against the values and the principles of democracies that are so strong. 
Wow. Well, shut up, <laughs> trucker. Says, says the guy who locked bank accounts for people who just donated yeah. to a peaceful protest. Yes. Well, he's not against protests, remember? Right. I have attended protests and rallies in the past uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. <laughs> it it's all good then. Yeah. Something I don't like. Tyranny. The authoritarian principles are spreading with mis- misinformation. Yes. We're getting closer and closer Get to number one. Get your shot and shut up! <laughs> <laughs> okay, you all right? Yeah, good guy. All right, for number two. Two. Uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James has reacted to former Governor Andrew Cuomo's attempt at a comeback, Scott. Yeah, he was at a church. And he was telling the churchgoers there that, you know, uh, God's forgiven him, according to Andrew. Um, but, you know, the problem is the, the woke left, the cancel culture, and, and the, the awful people who lied about him <laughs> and, and what was going on, particularly that awful Letitia James. Yes. Well, Letitia had, had enough of that, so really? a statement came from the Attorney General's campaign on Cuomo's church remarks. Here we go. New York Attorney General Letitia James, her campaign released the following statement. Quote, serial sexual sexual harasser Andrew Cuomo won't even spare a house of worship from his lies. (laughs) Even though multiple independent investigations found his victims credible, Cuomo continues to blame everyone but himself. Cuomo wasn't railroaded. He quit so he wouldn't be impeached. New Yorkers are ready to move forward from this sick, pathetic man. Yes. <laughs> well, the left eats itself eventually. She is pissed off. We have a little clip of him at that church. They didn't act in the interest of justice. The district attorneys proved that. They acted in their own self-interest. They wanted me out because they wanted my job. They wanted my, my job. job. The trifecta. The top three of the day from that Mr. Scott is. Robbins. Okay. Want another one? Yes. Oh, yes. There's yes. one more to go. And finally, yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> a box of human heads has gone missing in Denver. Yes, it has. box containing human heads. Now, this was intended, apparently, for scientific research, was stolen from a freight truck. Whoa. It occurred sometime between Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning. The truck was parked in Denver's Central Park neighborhood. This is according to Denver, Denver Post, by the way. Thieves broke into the truck and made off with the human heads on a dolly. They wheeled them out. Oh, my gosh. Police reportedly noted the blue and white cardboard box was clearly marked with a label reading, Exempt Human Specimen. Science Care, the research company transporting the box of heads, displayed their logo on every side of the box. According to the uh, newspaper, an investigation is ongoing, but no arrests have been made. Police are asking you, the public, come forward if you see any heads rolling around anywhere. <laughs> they didn't say that. If you, we have more information, yeah. If you, if you see, see something, these, say something. Or I say something. But for heads. Right. You're in a you know, you're in a truck stop somewhere, you walk in, there's a bathroom, a human head is there, then you gotta tell them. Oh man. Heads are falling off! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was it like bowling night in hell or something? Uh, oh, God. Well, they're trying man. to figure out now why would a bunch of thieves target such things as human heads? Mm-hmm. What possible purpose could these heads serve outside of medical research? 
They're perplexed. They're scratching their heads on this one. Is this a black know. market thing? Some sick thing, man? Or they just grabbed it off the train? Or I didn't I know. know what it was. So who's to blame for this? I mean, someone's got to shoulder the blame, right? Oh, come on. I mean, who's going to stick their neck out? Let's see. Okay. It's time to head out, David. <laughs> I'm waiting for CSI Miami. It just didn't, <laughs> it didn't come when... Van Camp said that I that sometimes he Sorry, will, like, I just lure us in. I just didn't uh, think of it off the top of my. Oh, where did I put that thing? Yeah! Oh, heads are falling off. Okay, we get it. <laughs> we get it. Do you know what the head sings? What? I ain't got nobody. <laughs> I'm so mad at myself for laughing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. And there you have it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, real quick, we didn't have time for this earlier. It's not a huge story or anything. It's just one of those conversations that's been making the rounds. I didn't know if you had heard about it or not. It was this first-time mom that is... You know, as the story says, sparked a conversation about boundaries because she has a list of rules when her baby is born. Okay? Oh, boy. What? Just, just okay, go well, ahead. Well, with social media. Yeah, I know. It's going to be insane. Go ahead. Well, to be fair, David, you know, having a couple of, what, you got a six-month-old and a toddler. Yeah. And you don't want their faces all over social media. Yeah. So you had to put rules out there. Well, it was, you know, I'd prefer it if you didn't just share it all over Facebook all the time. And then uh, I was vetoed by everybody. Um, so okay. then it was, okay, there's absolutely no bath time, cute bath time photos, none of that. Because that stuff, believe it or not, it winds up on some really dark corners of the Internet. Remember reading a report about that a couple of years ago, and it's like, no, 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 I'm not doing that because because perverts do scan pages for that. Oh my gosh! Well, this mom's name is Taylor, and she posts about uh, some rules. I'll just play you part of it here. My husband and I made a list of guidelines for our friends and family for when I go into labor and we have our first daughter. Our first baby is due March 14th. I'm currently 34 weeks pregnant. So we um, being first time parents and being a little extra decided to come up with this list called 2319 for people to kind of know what our expectations are and what we're comfortable with. You okay so far? No. I'm, You're not? She hasn't even said anything. already sounds yet. insufferable to me, but go ahead. All right, go. So the first guideline is that if we tell you I'm in labor, don't announce baby's arrival and don't post that I'm in labor until I've posted. I don't know if I'm going to want to post immediately that she's here or give it a whole week. Um, so we're just asking that people don't do that. <laughs> Robbins is rolling his well, eyes. I don't like tell them. Well, you want to tell your family. I mean, I get that. If you okay. want to be the one to say, to post, hey, my baby's been born, I understand that. Okay. This is going exactly the way yeah. I thought. Robbins is rolling his eyes all uh -huh. over the place going, oh, gee. Here is okay. some rules. Um, also, please don't inform other people unless we ask you to because we don't want to be bombarded with texts. Um, number two kind of goes off of that. When we tell you that we're in labor, we will be sending updates, but we're going to be sending updates that we're comfortable with and on our... <laughs> What is this, Scott? Just say it. Oh, shoot. What? Insufferable. Who wants to control what? the message there? Why is that insufferable? 
I mean, because you tell let, let me let me let me take you through a couple of things. Okay. So like right. with the with the we didn't do anything like this for the birth of my daughter, who's now a little over two. Um, but what happened was, as delivery is ongoing, my phone is blowing up with text messages now. My wife's in labor. I got to be there for my wife. And then my mom's there, too. My mom's getting a bunch of text messages. Now, my mom's asking me questions. Hey, can I send this to this person? Can I send this to this person? And then my wife had to have an emergency C-section. And my daughter winds up in the NICU for a week. And so that sort of, the idea sort of coalesced in my mind, like, okay, I'm going to, like, have a master list of here are the people I'm going to be texting. Mm -hmm. Stop asking me. I will update you when I can. So I did that for the second one. It wasn't like rules or anything like that. It was mainly trying to keep my own sanity. Yeah. Remember, Scott, because you were like, Markley, what? Did you hear from David? He doesn't, he doesn't tell me. I'm like, well, he hasn't told me either. I think he's busy right now. Well, but just a little more. On our schedule, we won't be responding to requests for update, updates outside of that. Just within that schedule. And, you know, just to save you from any more, Scott, because I see you rolling your eyes again. I know. Um, like later on. Well, they also want you to know if you disagree with the choice, medical or otherwise, that they're making for their daughter or for mom, for Taylor. They don't want to hear about it. What's that mean? She said, I'm already getting messages saying, why would you do that? And we just don't want that from our friends and family. Okay. No problem. Um, also, uh, like if you're a part of the family, Scott, yeah. and I know you like to sniff the baby's head because babies smell good. You don't know that. You've said it before. Have I? I don't remember saying that, but go ahead. Okay. Um, Sounds creepy. I think most people agree with that. Newborn baby, their head? There's no other smell like that. It's a biological thing, too. It makes that there is a a hormone that's secreted that makes women more aggressive and men more passive. See? It's kind of a new car smell? A little bit. No. (laughs) No, not to me. Anyway... No kissing the baby. Not allowed. Okay. Okay. Also, depending on COVID, masks might be required. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this whole conversation is going on with people, and it's much like what we've just heard with two different sides. When's their press conference? (laughs) So we can all go to that. Well, probably after the baby is born, and they're comfortable on their terms. Okay. Why you got to be such a hater, Scott? Raise your mask! Nimrods of the news and a news update straight ahead, right here. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Another historic first for Joe Biden in this duffel bag of failures. Uh, According to GasBuddy.com, the U.S. national average price of gasoline has officially hit an all-time record high. We're number one. And in addition to setting the new all-time high, the national average is seeing its largest ever seven-day spike. Uh, officially eclipsing the 49-cent weekly rise after Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Wow. 
We knew we were close. We knew we were going to get there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just didn't know it would be by the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. But as far as drilling mm-hmm. here in the United States, uh, that's not going to solve the problem. Has anyone no. been able to articulate that in a sane way? No. No, it's I know people on the left just say, well, well, that really won't do anything. How? Exactly. I mean, will it do anything tomorrow? Eh, probably not. These things take time. There is some turnaround time, but let's let's get out of this situation now. Well, the way Joe Manchin talked, it would not take much time at all. It's start now. That's pretty much what you need to do. Hope you're happy with the not mean tweets. <laughs> yeah. Good job, everybody. Thanks. All right, never mind. Time. When the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, Nimrods in the news. Start. Maybe you've seen this. It's been making the rounds. This guy that scared his family with a fake nuclear attack warning on TV. Don't you see? Really? Yes. Guy in the U.K. played a terrible prank on his fiance and their young son. Calls him downstairs to watch, quote, an emergency broadcast on TV saying that a nuclear attack is imminent. Now, it's fake, but it looks real. So the announcer's talking about radiation fallout, how to seek shelter. The dude lets his fiance totally freak before coming clean. TikTok video? It was on social media. It, It could have been doesn't say in the particular story I'm looking at. But it went viral, and there were people roasting him all over the place. Then absolutely should. And then this police sergeant in California, Donnie Donnell, being charged with stealing meth from a suspect, using the meth, then driving his patrol car under the influence. Wow. My goodness, man. Oh, and then a woman uh, showed up for a blind date, uh, crashed into her blind date's car. Didn't know it was his, though. (laughs) And that's Nimrod's in the news.